Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Um, thank you, Lori, for asking me to share. I am really grateful to be here tonight. Um, <clears throat> When I was thinking about what I wanted to share tonight, um, well, first of all, I realized I just need to uh, let it go and let higher power take it over. Um, but also that um, when I've, I've been in program for a really long time, I've been in program since I believe, I mean, it's it really fuzzy um, since I was 21. And, um, you know, since you can't summarize, it's just impossible to summarize that much time. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to say the small part, which is when I first came to OA, um, you know, I hated myself, I hated my body, and I had no idea why the hell I couldn't stop eating. You know, I truly believe that it was something personal about me. And, you know, boy, that, you know, that was the first miracle was to realize that I was not the only one because in my family, I was the only one and, you know, folks got really mad because things would go missing. And, you know, if food was missing, you know, it was Ada, um, but it wasn't always me, but it usually was acute. I was accused, <laughs> um, but anyway, um, needless to say at that time, um, you know, I really, I dived in full full bore and um, worked the steps and got a beautiful, peaceful recovery and abstinence. Um, and uh, because of a multitude of outside issues, um, it didn't stay that way for long. <laughs> um, however, getting, for me, getting that first taste of, you know, the freedom, the mental freedom from food, you know, thinking about food, obsessing about my body, all of that stuff. Um, it, having a connection with the power of brain in myself, it was so potent that it really, it just clarified for me at that point in time um, that really OA was going to be my answer. Like there really wasn't anything anywhere else to try um, because, you know, I had been a compulsive eater from pretty darn early. And I'd already been in multiple diet programs. I started diet programs when I was like, I think I was seven. Um, but I knew, you know, that, yeah, for me, bottom line, it's a spiritual issue. And I, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, I can food plan up to yin yang. If I don't have um, a connection with a higher power and, and working a program that addresses, you know, all the different reasons why I want to compulsively eat, I won't be able to um, eat in a way that feels makes me feel like aligned with my higher power in the way my higher power wants me to eat. So that's what I'm going to say about back then. I what I'm going to fast forward to. Um, is just 
just quickly to say, you know, I've had a fair amount of relapses. Like I said, there's been a fair amount of outside issues. And some of those are just starting to become a lot clearer for me. Um, and, um, but um, as some have in the pandemic, um, I really struggled. Um, and there's two things that really um, made me, I, I did have a significant relapse during the pandemic when it was more shelter in place. Um, one of them is that um, I had to learn how to live a program when life is incredibly hard. Um, and I kind of had to, um, I had to kind of rewrite my life from the ground up um, in some ways. Um, that was much harder than the other piece, but I want to at least mention that because I feel like it's a part of my story that not everybody has. Um, I have a son who um, has special needs and he, um, well, I'll just say he has a really extreme form of Tourette's and without medication, he is wildly violent. Um, and we were in the pandemic and we were always together. So it was, and we didn't find medication for a little while there. So that was one piece that I had to figure out how to work a program when I was constantly not feeling safe. Um, but the other piece um, is that I got a just like I, I can't even show you the size, this humdinger of a resentment that I could not let go. I mean, it with all my time in program and all the things that I had done, I had a resentment that like does it didn't matter what I threw at it. It just I couldn't get it to get loose. So those were two things and for me, one thing I know is that if I have resentments that build up, it's a guarantee that I am going to end up eating. Uh, it's just one of those, like without that cleansing, draining of all that negative stuff, they're just, they're part of me goes to a place where I have no choice. There's no way to handle all those emotions. And actually that's pretty true for the other situation as well, you know, being overwhelmed by emotions, being really stressed, those have been a lot of places that um, my disease has justified taking that first compulsive bite, um, you know, and I guess I just really wanted to share, you know, you know, with people is that like, so when I was in this really impossible situation, there were some things that like, you know, we have a lot of things that we talk about in the rooms, they're true. <laughs> um, but that, you know, when I was in like the most intense chaos, I had to leave, you know, and they're really simple, but, um, you know, one of the most simple things was like being honest. Um, showing up in the rooms and being honest. And, you know, as I imagine, it probably is a little bit right now for those who are hearing this, you know, hearing somebody talk about a domestic violence situation they were in makes people uncomfortable. However, I had to show up and I had to be honest about it um, because those kind of secrets are 
when it's secret, then I then the shame builds and the stories build and all that stuff. Um, so there was that that one. It's been really helpful. Um, you know, the other thing that I feel like is really utilizing the power of the fellowship and the program, you know, like I'm not talking about the steps right now because I'm, I'm really wanting to kind of just like hit the, the stuff where when I'm in crisis, that's what I can go for. Cause when I'm in crisis, I can't necessarily embrace the ideas of the 12 steps. Don't get me wrong. I love the steps. Like they make a huge difference in my life every day. Um, but I also felt like, so, but getting that, like, not only do I not have to do recovery alone, I don't have to do anything alone, you know? So I had a hanging planter um, that I had just made all nice today. And that sucker fell and there was dirt and crap everywhere. And it was supposed to be preparing for this. And I just called somebody and I was like, look, I'm stressed. You know, like normally, like, I used to think that that stuff was the stuff I just had to suck up and deal with, you know, like not even bother asking my higher power for help. But actually, when I do those things, again, it's like reinforcing the relationship, you know, that I have with myself and with my higher power that I deserve that stuff as a compulsive eater. You know, the only thing I ever gave to myself was, was food, you know, and not in a loving way at all. But you know, I deserve connection. I deserve people in my life who, you know, are want, want to be there and are positive and to support my recovery. Um, as do we all. Um, so that, yeah, the other and the other piece that, you know, <laughs> it's such a simple one, which is the, um, you know, just five minutes. Thank you. Getting that there's a lot of wisdom in that one day at a time thing, you know, that when life feels at its most stressful, you know, it's seeing what's in front of me and understanding there's, you know, usually the one thing I would try to really get, you know, is when it felt like survival, one of my, one of my few jobs was staying abstinent, you know, and like, if I, understanding that I was having a lot of PTSD and stuff at certain points, like if I made it through the day abstinent, but like nothing else happened, really, that's a big deal, you know? And sometimes it took a lot of support, you know, having to talk to people, having to deal with the stress, having to do, you know, uh, the things that I've had to do, you know, otherwise, you know, embodiment stuff and all this kind of stuff to recover that way. Um, but that also came the understanding that, you know, <laughs> there is nothing that, you know, for me, binging can't make worse. <laughs> um, you know, if I, if I make those choices, it's just, it really, somebody told me a long time ago, and I know, I mean, it floats around. It's like, when you eat about a problem, then you have two problems, you know? So it, it, you know, you just, you, it makes it worse. Um, but again, you know, 
the simplicity of it for me is that I don't have to do it alone, right? And and when I was struggling, when I was, you know, really having trouble, you know, not turning to food, because I did, like I admitted, I relapsed. Um, I had to also work with the part of my disease that was like, oh, well, you don't have a place at the table anymore. You don't get to speak at the meetings. What are you doing? That to say that, you know, that's, we all keep coming back, you know, and I have seen miracles, miracles, people who just keep coming back, you know, people who struggle for 30 years plus, then they get their miracle, you know, and um, my disease would like me alone, like me isolated. Um, So, you know, even that is just a really positive action, showing up at a meeting, opening my mouth. Those are the positive actions against the disease. And um, so, yeah, I think the last thing that I want to share about is, you know, I've just had to try and do things really differently with my program than I've ever had to do before. And, you know, one of the things I've struggled with a lot is meditation, you know, especially with dealing with, um, you know, the post-traumatic stress, like having that time being alone could sometimes create overwhelm, but I actually found a fellow and we meditate, you know, we just both call each other, put each other on speakerphone and we meditate together. And um, it seems like such a simple thing, but one, it never occurred to me before. (laughs) And two, it just, it's kind of, it's really just allowed me to feel safe and do this nourishing thing um, because, you know, meditation is incredibly nourishing when it feels safe. Um, so I'm really grateful that I got a chance to be with all of you today. Um, hopefully you were able to take something from my share. If not, there are lots of other folks with other different shares out there. Um, So that is where I will wrap it up. And um, I think my topic is, I just love to hear what people are doing when their back is to the wall, when they're struggling with their program. Like, what is it that supports you in those times? Thanks. Thank you.